We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Greg Olson, here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual-threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Lou Dort. You're listening to the Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the proud official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. I'm your host for the evening, Jacob. I've got Taylor along with me. It only took 40 minutes, but your boy has a updated MacBook. There you go. What's <laughs> new? What uh, a change. You know, I, I think I put it off for like months, and so I just like came into the room and opened up my laptop to because you had sent the link via Slack. Saw it on my phone, so I come into the room, open up my laptop, and I get that notification that I sent you guys. It's like doing the update, and it says like 45 minutes remaining. I was like, Gosh, dang it. <laughs> but so thankfully, good. it wasn't that bad. It was like closer to 20. That's good. It kind of sounds like when my Xbox says there's a Call of Duty update, but it doesn't say 45 minutes. It says like 4.5 hours. Yeah. So, I was going to yeah, say, I remember you fun. talking about that. We've also got Kamiar on the pod tonight. You know, it's Sunday, and I've been thinking that. I just I feel God in this Chili's tonight. <laughs> so I'm just hanging out. Hey, everybody. I'm, I like to party. I've been listening to the office. Speaking of podcasts, and this is completely taking us off topic, but uh, I've been listening to the Office Lady podcast. It's awesome. They recap every every episode. It's so good. I hate it. Really? I tried. <laughs> I I tried to listen to it, and I was like, "Geez, this sucks." <laughs> so yeah, different fun. strokes for different folks, y'all. <laughs> I want to listen to that new podcast with Shay Serrano and oh Jason, Jason Concepcion. Concepcion yeah, it's and really I good. haven't yet, and I need to. It's good. It's you know what, else, what I also need to do that I was going to do last night after the game, but I got busy and I didn't get around to it. And then it was on TV tonight, but I was busy. You uh, haven't watched Black Panther. Black Panther, yeah. I need to go watch Black Panther. Me too. It's going to make me sad. Crazy. Jackie Robinson, 42. It. What What an absolute movies. just 
badass Chadwick Boseman. Oh, yeah. To be I filming mean, all these movies while having cancer and never telling anybody. And it, just Not just any forward. movies either. Like, it was, you know, the, the Marvel Universe. Like, I was having to do, like, you know, he was having to, to slim down and bulk up and get muscles. And he's doing all this while he has cancer. Yeah, he your kicked dog's Killmonger's sad ass. He's, he's, with he's crying. He's crying because he's sad. Shed, shed one, shed a tear, Brody. <laughs> That's sad. It, it 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 is. It's unbelievable, man. This year, it, it, this literally year shocking. Just, this year just sucked so hard. Between like, I think a lot of this started for a lot of people at, at Kobe Bryant's yeah. death, and then it's just been like a nonstop, uh, just shit storm. And I think somebody was like, man. Is this the end of times? And I was like, "What? The fire tornadoes didn't give that away for you? Like, what? Do you need any else?" But yeah, simultaneous like, fire tornadoes and hurricanes. Like, it's it's a uh, it's been a wild year, and I'm I'm just ex- I'm excited that it's basically September, and we have just one more quarter of the year to go, and that's it. Hey, that quarter of the year only includes one of the most uh, controversial. U.S. presidential yeah. elections of all in time. the history of the country. We, ha- we have a presidential election this year? Yeah, I don't know if you heard. <laughs> oh, man. What could possibly go wrong? I, I don't think anything could go wrong. I mean, like, the projections <laughs> probably say point. something, so we should rely on those things. All uh, right, well, guys, we don't want to do too long of a podcast tonight because we know we dropped a post game for you after uh, that game that I just don't want to talk about anymore. We're going to have another post game for you Late tomorrow, as the Thunder have the 8 p.m. tip-off. It could be the last post game. It could be the last post game uh, for quite some time. So we're going to keep this one kind of light and quick for you, um, like other things in my life, just light and quick. <laughs> <laughs> like yogurt? Yes. Um, not a big fan of yogurt. I'm not either. What? I don't know, just... <laughs> like vanilla yogurt? I mean, vanilla yogurt, I mean, it, it's good from time to time. I like... Vanilla yogurt, like in a smoothie. Like you ever do vanilla yogurt in yeah, a smoothie like with a like some smoothie. frozen oranges and like some, uh, some like berries and stuff, and kind of get you like a creamsicle smoothie. It's yeah. really good. I'm just, I don't do that. No, just try it out <laughs> sometime. It's real good. It's real good. You so think, guys, you think vanilla frozen yogurt is better than ice cream? Oh, that's true. I don't think I know. <laughs> that's a garbage take, bro. No, dude, froyo is so. That's good. a garbage take. I love Froyo. It's a gar- oh, I clearly. It's I a might garbage get some take. when we're done recording this podcast. You, no, you can't. It's 947. Oh, well, wait, let's Brahms? get done quick because okay. Brahms closes in an hour. Oh, yeah. Guys, what do, the Thunder, what do the Thunder need to do in order to force a game seven? Make now, more you, than six threes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That would help. We know there's not going to be a starting lineup change per Billy Donovan today at media availability. He's going to keep the starters the same. Starters have not fared well in this series at all. So outside of that, obviously they didn't make more threes as well as Kamir just said. Give me some things that the Thunder have to do to right the ship in game six. I mean, he said no starting lineup change, um, but I hope that that doesn't mean that he's just sticking with these same lineups for the same amount of minutes, right? Because we saw how just horrendous that starting five has been um, against this Houston Rockets team. It just has not been working. And I saw something really interesting on Twitter basically talking about and, and showing numbers how the the Thunder's best defensive lineup is that starting five because of Dort, but their best offensive lineup is when you take, and Steven Adams, but the best offensive lineup is when you take Steven off the, the floor and, and play small, which obviously is small sample size. But I think you have to turn to that. I mean, what do you have to lose at this point, right? If, if you lose this, like Comier said, you're going home. So why not play that small ball lineup more often? Uh, like you guys mentioned on the post game pod yesterday, Jacob, why not play Baisley at the five sum and just experiment because you don't have much more time left. And, you know, if you don't do it now, your season's on the line. So I, you, I'd really like to see some changes there. Would you death line it? Would you death line up it just like the entire time and go Chris, Shea, Dennis? Uh, maybe maybe Dort and Gallo. Would you just would you go roll out that lineup knowing that you still have two of the tallest players on there on that on the floor? Yeah, and I mean I think the the other thing with that lineup too is um, I mean obviously you'll you'll have Steven that you can kind of rotate in and um, and you still have to play him right, but Baisley as well. I think outside of Shooter, Baisley's probably been the best bench player for the Thunder. Um, obviously with Dennis, you know, being the best, but. You could throw him there in that that 
lineup with Gallo, or sorry, with Gallo sitting, um, just to give Gallo some more rest. I think that could be effective also. Um, but the issue is, is like if you play those lineups and you take Dort out, then you have Harden just absolutely abusing Shooter. I think Jacob, you mentioned that on yesterday's post game post game podcast also. Just absolutely destroys Dennis when he tries to take him one-on-one, which is unfortunate. And then, obviously, the, the new wrinkle of Russell Westbrook coming back, who guards him. Uh, they did a fairly good job overall. Chris Paul, Shooter, other guys who, who Billy threw out him at, at times. But um, <laughs> you really can't afford to have Dort out very long because you're just going to get torched. But he can't do anything on the offensive end right now. So I think that leads me to something else I kind of want to run by, by you guys is offensive movement, off-ball movement. There's not a whole lot of that going on. And when Dennis Shooter's driving to the rim, it creates for others, and it's been effective. But I still would like to see much more off-ball off movement, whether it's picks or cuts or whatever it may be. Um, and I think that really starts with Dort. And I think that kind of falls on Billy. No, I agree with you. And, Kamiar, you mentioned that quote-unquote death lineup. I like that lineup because then you're only leaving one non-shooter on the court in Dort. Right. Whereas when you have Dort out there with Adams or Nerlens. You kill the spacing even more. And and spacing is also like you have to get the defense to move, and you get the defense to move by the offense moving. So, Taylor, your point is very valid there. But whenever you have two non-shooters there, we watched in game five, Dort's man just stood at the free throw line. It didn't matter where Dort was at on the court. His man was at the free throw line the entire time. Right. They let him shoot. And, damn it, Dort shot everything that he touched. Yeah. And it did not go well. So I think – a handful of those things. Now, Steven Adams did have a good game five. I think Steven Adams can be useful, but you need to play him like 20 minutes, and you need to play Nerlens like 10. And right. the rest of the time, Gallo and Baisley need to be the center on the floor, I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. I'd like to see much more of that because um, you know Billy just really likes to stick to his guns. You know, We saw this that this, se- this season with Hami. Um, he finally kind of gave in, especially this series, it seems like. But you know he was hell-bent on playing Hami and thought that he was going to be a you know all-around fantastic player. And it just he's a high-energy guy, and that kind of was it. We saw it last year, last year's team with Nader. Um, and also just his, it, it, he just doesn't, I don't know, he didn't really make adjustments in last year's playoff series either. Um, now, granted, there was a whole lot more going on with Paul George's shoulders and Russ' first game and things of that nature. But uh, I just I would really hope that that Billy's more flexible and not just so gung ho on his lineups. And uh, hopefully, we'll see a change. I wonder how much of last game and all of its fallacies had to do with not necessarily Billy Donovan refusing to check his lineups, but as OKC. Wow. Like overcorrecting to what Russ would bring, or undercorrecting to what Russ would bring, and so now you're left with, of course, what Donovan, which thinks this is his best lineup on the floor with his best players in each position, uh, because of like the issues that they have, and then uh, you like you see OKC, and they have what they have two good reserves in Dennis and Nerlens, and you don't have that many wings and. Houston is just full of wings, and when you yeah, add an explosion, you, you you're you're you add in a n- another former MVP, explosive star. I mean, Donovan has to like retool as far as what the heck his defense is going to do and how they're going to how they're going to attack offenses and or how yeah how they're attacked offenses and defenses. And so I think games game five, you can kind of like look at it and be like, yeah, the Thunder got run. Uh, but I think you're looking at a totally different dynamic when you have Harden and Russ in the game. So I don't think it's That's really true. truly fair to judge them off of Game 5, despite them just getting absolute shellacked, which makes me think of Gallo. I was thinking, man, like you have Shea, you have Schroeder, you have CP3, you have Gallo. Two to three of those guys each night need to give you at least like eighteen to twenty right. points. Yeah, those are your leading and scores all season. Gallo has done nothing. Chris Paul has been uh, really short of any MVP praise. He did get Shea had one good game, I believe, and had a couple of terrible games. So it's just like, man, it's just especially Gallo, who's been knocked down consistent all year, and now he can't stay on the court because he a he can't make any shots and B he's a defensive minus yeah no true um and 
I mean, I'm looking at these stats, Kamiar, to your point. I wanted to bring this up as well. And, and you mentioned it. Shea was only 2 of 8 last night. Gallo, 0 of 5. Meanwhile, Lou Dort took 16 shots. And, like, I get it to a certain extent. You have he loves to, to shoot it, yeah, right? I mean, you gotta you gotta make those guys respect you. But if you're not making it after the first couple, I mean, I think it's time you, you got to find something else. And that's where I think I actually saw Billy do this in the second half, where he brought Dort up to be a screener on ball or even off ball, like I was mentioning earlier. Uh, cutting, like being the in the cutting spot, like we've seen Dre. There's a lot of different things you can. T- do to create that offensive movement and like you said Kamiar um actually I think in the bubble Houston's have the best defense defensive rating again amongst all teams and uh Rockets yeah, Porter actually Tucker mentioned got to that. take sensu beans after getting beat to hell for two months <laughs> right yeah. no kidding uh <laughs> hey on the the topic of Gallo and the in the playoffs so far he is scoring 15 points a game on 37 percent from the field 32 percent from three he's 100 percent from the free throw line uh, five rebounds, one assist, two steals, and is a negative 4.4 on average. Yeah. Just Yuck. abysmal shooting yep. from, from good, Gallo. Man. Has been very bad. And, like, I'm again, I imagine part of that goes to he's not playing traditional fours or even a traditional stretch fours. He's a playing a one-slash-two in Harden. And then, like, you have Russ in the mix, and I have two combo guards, and the rest are defensive wings. And it's like... You can switch any of these because even the ones and twos are six foot six, six foot five. It's incredible. Yeah, right. And I think Gallo's absolutely struggle with that because you know he he gets off a defender and immediately you have another like you said, caught me at six foot five between six foot five and six foot seven wing uh, coming at you right and to defend you and, and Gallo's really struggle. But I think it might have been Justin said this on yesterday's post game podcast. I think there was only like two games this regular season or three games this regular season where Gallo scored in single digits. And so you have to have more production out of him and SGA. SGA just almost looked timid again. Um, again, he only took eight shots. Like that's just, yeah. that isn't going to win you basketball games. He looked like, like game one, Shea, right, game two, right. three and four. Shea was elite game one and five. Shea has been very bad. So last week, Jacob, you, uh, me and, and Nick were, were kind of giving our predictions for the rest of the series. And one thing that I mentioned is that I was worried that this break and play, um, because of the social injustice issues, which I'm, again, go back and listen to the podcast, and we talked about that. I'm glad it happened, but it absolutely disrupted the Thunder's momentum, and I kind of saw this coming. And one thing that I noticed as well, and I thought somebody brought up a good point when I was kind of asking some people about this in the, in the Discord to, to begin the series, games one and two, like CP3 just kind of looked out of it. And then three and four, we saw him look better. And even before that, just in the bubble receding games, um, Chris just kind of wasn't quite himself. And I think a lot of that's because of the huge burden that he carries every day being the Players Association president, right? And unfortunately, no, I, I say all this with a disclaimer that I think what he did and what he's done um, throughout this entire bubble th- but series and also just um, the, over the past week, what he's done is probably more important than any uh, championship he would ever win. But I have to wonder if all, all that going on is a bigger disadvantage for the for a team like the Thunder, who's who really just kind of go as Chris Paul goes. He really sets the tone, and it just kind of seemed. I mean, I know he was six of 13, 16 points, six assists, but and he has to have help around him, right, to be able to score more. But he wasn't the Chris Paul we saw in games three and four. And I have to wonder if a lot of that's just because of everything going on uh, on the outside. And it's unfortunate that you know that that's the case because the Thunder really had some great momentum heading into Game Five, and then uh, you know the the break and play, and that just throws more of a burden on Chris. But I have to wonder if that affects guys like Shea and Chris Paul. Now on the flip side, yeah, the Rockets, yes, they have to deal with that also. But they got Russell Westbrook, who came back last game. That's kind of something new. It's a spark of excitement for them, um, a little more motivation. And I wonder if that kind of came into play yesterday. I think it's definitely a possibility. Um, I mentioned this on the post-game pod uh, after Game 5 as well, that you know it, it just could be their minds are in a different spot right now, and their their effort level really wasn't there. And you know Chris Paul is the one that's been organizing all of that stuff. He right. organized the, the player meeting that first night. He was on the call with the Board of Governors the next day. He was on the call with freaking Barack Obama. Right, with you know, LeBron. So... So a lot of stuff going on there that, you know, I'm sure his attention is elsewhere. I'm yep. sure he's he's struggling uh, to, you know, fight for social justice, organize the league, and then go out and, you know, get his team on the right page and, and play at a high level. You know, I, I, I could very well imagine that that is a lot of work and a lot of stress, and, and maybe he's just struggling to 
to keep his attention where it needs to be, you know, um, or he's not, or not struggling right, to keep right. his attention where it needs to be. Right. Or it, I mean, arguably you could say, or not arguably, I mean, his attention should be on these other things, but like you said, being able to, I think, uh, being able to, <laughs> I don't know how to say this properly, but maybe like share that attention, uh, and be able to focus on basketball when, when he's playing basketball, maybe tough for him to do that right now. That's a good point. You know, and the other thing too, is just, like, you know, the, the Thunder's two wins in games three and four were very close wins, right? They were extremely close in competitive games where the Rockets now have had two pretty significant wins against the Thunder. That kind of worries me also um, heading into a game six and then even a potentially game seven. Definitely, definitely. Um, we got to talk about Schroeder's dominance, though. Uh, if the Thunder are going to force a game seven, it seems as though if we're going to go off previous experiences, it's going to be on the back of Dennis Schroeder. You know, and thank the goodness of PJ Tucker. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was gonna say thank goodness he didn't get suspended today. It came out that yeah, hey, him and PJ. I will let Dennis fine. Schroeder punch me square in the dick for twenty five k. That amount he got got fined. Yeah, I but mean, that that money doesn't go to PJ Tucker. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if I could get the twenty five k, you just let him like, y- use it as one of those speed on. punching bags, buddy. God, <laughs> speed bags twenty five thousand. <laughs> You wouldn't take a nut shot for 25K? I mean, no, I would, but, like, could I bargain to get more? <laughs> I mean, you could try, I guess. Like, hey, listen, listen, listen. You know those, like, things at the carnival where you get a big old hammer and you smack <laughs> it and, it, like, it makes a ding? <laughs> yeah. Like, you, I would do that for $75,000, and even if, like, my one of my testicles went up to my like top of my head and dinged i would i would gladly take that money bro it's a free vasectomy <laughs> and that true. too and you get two birds. saving money on two two birds one stone baby yeah and <laughs> man, my, my student loans would be paid off and i pay off so much of my house oh my gosh let <laughs> uh, get this man on the podcast and ask him if we can put this together <laughs> hey pj we come on my podcast but man shrewd yeah. shrewd it's unbelievable to me that Oklahoma City relies so much on their sixth man, more so than they've been able to rely on Gallo, more so than they've been able to rely on Shea. Chris Paul, for some reason, doesn't isn't able to turn it on unless it's the end of the half of the game. It's, it's like, I don't get it. So like we rely on Dennis Schroeder, who has a mid-ranger, and finishes really fastly. Yeah, fastly yeah I think, and I think that's the thing. It's just nobody on Houston can stay in front of him. Right. He is the fastest guy on the court, hands down. And I think all these Maybe other fastest, guards the have quickest. struggle with that. He's yeah. the quickest. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's the fastest. Yeah, he's the quickest guy on the court, hands down. Yeah. Um, last thing before we move on, guys. Will Terrence Ferguson get minutes in Game 6? Because I thought his minutes in Game 5, the minutes that mattered, were pretty good. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think he gets point, minutes if Lou gets in, in foul trouble. Yeah. That's what I think. Um you know, to your point, Jacob, the point you made on yesterday's post game um, about just and Justin about throwing Ferguson out there because he can actually, you know, actually poses some sort of threat from the three point line compared to Dort and Dre, who just don't. Um, and you're right; I think he he always has, has historically played pretty good defense on James Harden, and the limited minutes he's gotten against small sample size in the series has been pretty impressive. So I think it's it, definitely something to look at. Again, I just. Whether it's that, whether it's going to small ball, small ball more often, uh, I just really hope we see some adjustments from Billy because he's, as of this series, I think it's safe to say he's been out coached. Now you can't coach Shea going, you know, two of eight, and you can't coach Schroeder, uh, not Schroeder, or Schroeder getting ejected or Gallo going 0 five, right? But there's some adjustments that can really help free them up that I don't think Billy has made this series. I really hope to see something, whether, like you said, it's Ferguson or whether it's small ball, like Kamir talked about earlier. Totally agree. I'd, I'd, oh. rather, I'd rather see Nader than Ferguson on the floor. I'm sorry. That, that's kind of interesting. We haven't seen him either. I mean, I guess I get it, but you're right, Kamir. Like, that's interesting. I mean, can Nader guard, of course, like would they put Nader in all the picks with Harden and Russ? True. Yes. And like, they would have, they would inevitably have to get wing help and then compromise the defense. I get it, fine, cool. But who's gonna give you a more positive in the outcome? Is it gonna be Ferguson, who can't do anything offensively, that gets scared and maybe pees a little, and when he gets the ball, it's like he has to pass it. Or would it be Nader, who 
is a guy that you've seen is obviously not afraid to ever take the ball, dribble the ball, shoot the ball, go down the lane. And he, he has a good stroke. He, he has a going. stroke from three. And so it's and it's unbelievable. I, I trust his threes more than I do his uh, breakaway, you know, like run and transition layups. On the, I don't know. Those are awful. But I would – I know it's Nader, and I would put him on – I would put him at the four, and he could play against like Robert Covington or whoever else they have on those wings. But I just don't like Ferguson because he doesn't really add anything to your team. Ferguson, his defense is below average. It's a lot better than it was last year because he's slimmed down. But it just, I don't know. He's he's also a bigger body, so he's less able to be moved around by Harden and uh, Russ. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting. And I think there's two arguments as well on – you can say it's a, an elimination game, try whatever, do what you have to. And then you can also say it's an elimination game. Now's not the time to, to dick around with stuff. Yeah. Go with what well, you know. Thing, you don't have works. much time to do it. It's not like you can like, you know, you're down by 10 in the last part of the third quarter. And you're like, Oh, I think I'm going to throw in yeah. Ferguson. Now and see what happens. Like these are adjustments you're going to have to make fairly early on in the half and see if they're working. And it's if just, not, you have to ju- adjust again accordingly on the fly at halftime and see what six, but I just, you just you have to do something. Sorry, I just look out. at the roster makeup. Houston is filled only with ball handlers and defensive three and D wings. That's yep. all they're filled with, which is incredible to me. Like PJ Tucker used to be a two in the mm-hmm. league, and now he's playing center. On you know he's like six foot what six six seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, six six I think on a good day. And so it's just like. You have this team filled with ball handlers and wings, that, and they all can shoot the three for the most part. And then you have OKC, who you have three reliable ball handlers, and they're all good. And then your wings are just like, Jesus, awful. And then you have some, <laughs> then like, like Gallo, who thank God is like a stretch four. So, like, all your shooting is in either your ball handlers, which there are three of. And then your stretch four, and the other one that can shoot is Mike Muscala, and he doesn't get any playing time. So it's just, man, it is a clash of two totally different teams and makeups. And because, like, I look at I look at Denver, and Den- that Denver Rocket series would be really, really intriguing. True. But you look at a team like the Lakers that's going to get the you know the winner of this series. The Lakers are built for either one because they have big dudes that can play down, and they exactly. get they have several ball handlers. So and also shoot and uh, and can yeah. do a little bit of all of it. This yeah, is just a re- this. I I feel like this is a really horrible matchup for Oklahoma for City OKC. with how their rosters are built, especially since because people forget like yeah, well OKC won the season series with Houston. That's true. OKC had to come back in one of those games, but also OK- Houston had Clint Capella, and their de- right. their makeup was different. So now it's completely different and they're just running and running and running because they got two months off so they can run the court and that's one of the that was one of the first things that we said was you can't turn the ball over you can't allow them fast break and that's all Houston has been able to do and they've had two months to rest so they're not like gassed the entire time it's like not good and ironically one of the things that has worked the best this series for OKC is when they've been quick played quick also and pushed the ball in transition and played with a quicker pace we heard a lot about that after the loss in game two whenever yep. they did that you know we saw them win games Houston three and four but switching exactly. everything it, it, right right and uh but now you know game five they kind of went back to playing slow again and I think they're gonna have to pick up that pace as well if they're gonna win tomorrow night Totally agree. All right, well, guys, let's move on. Uh, Before we go around the association, we're going to take a moment and tell you about our sponsors for the week. You've counted on restaurants, and now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Just open the DoorDash app, Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on the way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE, all one word. 
That's $5 off and zero dollar or zero delivery fee on your first order. All you have to do is download the app and use the code BLUEWIRE. Again, that is code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, you get Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. You'll never miss your favorite teams nor your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your, your subscription. Visit NFLSunday.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. All right, guys, we haven't done it in a while, so we are taking a trip around the association. Hit the sounder. I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> Speaking of around the association, we are recording this podcast uh, at the waning moments of the Denver-Utah game where Jamal Murray just buried a three to <laughs> seal dagger, the game. Dagger. He has been unconscious, and we are getting our first game seven of the bubble, which will be Utah-Denver. So that's going to be a blast. That's awesome. Uh, we can talk about that, that series in a second. First, though, the Portland Trailblazers are headed home. Uh, Dame beat them home by about three or four days, but the Blazers have been eliminated from the playoffs by the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. I want to ask you guys, what does Portland's future look like now? They made it to the Western Conference Finals last season. They this season get they have to fight to get in the playoffs. Obviously, injury concerns were a huge thing for them this season. Get bounced in the first round. What does the future look like for them? Are they just going to run it back again? Um, I don't know. I mean, I saw something um, that I mentioned, you know, the Blazers really love their experience with Melo. They could potentially bring him back next season. I know Melo had a lot of fun there and he, he did really well and played well, but I think you still have to upgrade around CJ and Dame. You know, I think what they showed in this bubble is that they're a really dangerous, super competitive team when everybody's healthy and they just, they look so much better. Like you said, Jacob, it looked like the season that looked like the team from last season rather than the one we saw this season who was plagued by injuries. But you still have to look at those forward spots. You know, Zach Collins is kind of hit or miss. We talked about Melo. You know, they're playing like Gabriel, whoever, at backup forward. Like, you, you've you got to upgrade those positions. I think they'll have some options to do so. It's just, like, who are you trading there? Are you getting up Simons? Are you getting up Zach Collins? You know, how, I, I don't even know their draft pick situation, what they can play with there. But I think they're definitely going to have to look to upgrade. Um I guess they didn't have Trevor Reza, and he can contribute some, but you need somebody better than that. You need somebody who can be a, a true, um, yeah. I, I guess Nurkic is kind of that third guy, right? But somebody who can provide better support than their supporting players did, I think, through that first series. I have been on the trade machine for like the last two days looking who I can get and who I would try to get for C.J. McCollum because yep. – that team needs a good wing so bad. If mm-hmm. you have a, a player the caliber of Dame, if you have a player that you and if you can get an asset of equal talent back for CJ, and then you have Nurkic, well then that team becomes a lot better, a lot quicker. Because in the NBA, you can't win without wings. You can't have a two like Russ and. Harden are going to try like hell to win a title, but it's just not going to work. You need a really good wing, like Jason Tatum, Boston, uh, the Raptors. You got uh, Pascal Siakam, and of course Giannis, uh, and of course Lakers. You have just like LeBron. And he's got so many good, good wings, and you can't win in the NBA without one. In so I've been like trying to look at Ben Simmons and what that would look like. Yeah, for that's interesting. Portland. Even though, like, like, you could use Ben Simmons and Horford, and you know, just somehow, but I don't think I don't think you could make the money work because I think that it's funny that you said that because that's the side is on. that's the first thing I was thinking of whenever you said trading CJ was can you get Ben Simmons in there, yeah, that, which would significantly improve that defense. I also think and it work, the it emergence of Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, maybe allows you to flirt with that CJ trade a little bit more. 
Yeah. I think it does. And, and I just like looking at like the best teams in the NBA are the ones with really, really good wings. And so like what would you try to like do you think that a team like um oh a team like Portland, do you think that they would be really interested in sending a package to Boston that includes CJ to get back Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, something. that's intriguing. I don't know if I Celtics think, would do I think that, Port- but that's interesting. I think Portland would do that. I think Boston would Says not. Says no, right, right. Really? Yeah. What if you offered them, they like, Whiteside? Like, yeah, I think they're really, really high, high on Jalen Brown. Brown. But speaking of that, let's year, transition what if you to sign, that sign very Whiteside. team. The Boston... Sorry? So you go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. The Boston Celtics dominate the Toronto Raptors in game one uh, with obviously two very, very good wings in Boston with Tatum and Brown. And then on the other side, you have Pascal Siakam. How do you guys think this series is going to go? Already 1-0 in favor of Boston. Um, Did you expect the outcome that happened today? And what do you think happens moving forward in that series? I definitely didn't expect it. I mean, it's not just this game one either. It was the the first game they played in the bubble uh, against one another. They dominated in a similar fashion, which is super interesting to me because Toronto's such a tough team. Um, you know, they, they played incredible all season. They're finally healthy, but guys like Siakam, um, OG, and Anobi, like they really have kind of struggled in the bubble so far where Kyle Lowry has been good um, up until his, his recent injury. And he's still not, I guess, 100%. Serge has actually had a great bubble, but you're going to need Siakam to really step up if you stand a chance here because Tatum and Brown have looked incredible to what Calmer was talking about earlier. I was shocked they won by this much. I, yep. I still fully expect this to be a game, a seven game series, just because game ones are always super hard to predict, you know, are, are not great indicators of this, the series to come. But um, I don't know. Yeah, you, you can take that other game, regular, I guess that seeding game in the bubble into consideration also, where it almost seems like Boston kind of has Toronto's number right now. So Nick Nurse is an incredible coach. We'll see what adjustments he makes because we know he'll make them. And I fully expect a much more competitive game come game two and just a competitive series in general. But nevertheless, I was surprised to see Boston dominate in the fashion they did. I mean, shoot, Marcus Smart looked incredible. I mean, talk about a team with not only great point guards and great guards but also like and you have different styles of guards with Marcus Smart being a defensive bulldog that can play one through three and they have Kemba who's smaller who it won the hearts of everybody while he's at UConn he doesn't play a lot of defense but he can just light it up he's like Kyrie light and then you have you know Gordon Hayward um, Jalen Brown Jason Tatum like he just has such good options one through five, you know, if you have two guards and three three wings, and then then you have Ennis Cantor, Daniel Tice. But I, I just, I'm not surprised at all by Boston blowing them out because I mean, if Kyle Lowry is not going to, if Kyle Lowry doesn't do well, or if Pascal Siakam doesn't do well, the Toronto Raptors are going to have a very bad time. And the fact that Boston has defensive stoppers in the guards and the wings, but that can also produce offensively while also having Brad Brad Stevens there in the, at the helm with him and Nick Nurse dueling it out. I'm not surprised at all. I I think what did I say? Didn't I say like when on a podcast with Nick and Jake? Didn't I say Boston and five? That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're looking pretty smart right now, man. That uh, yeah, they they've looked good. Also, okay, I don't know. Yeah, Jacob, I know you have your TV on. Um, I've just been watching the the Nuggets game on my phone on silent while we've been podcasting, just kind of looking every once in a while. But um, it looks like Jamal Murray, like I, when I was watching, just kind of getting glimpses of his post-game interview, it looks like he maybe was a little emotional. But then we just, like, there was a yeah. picture of him in the tunnel, like, kneeling down and stuff. I don't know. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, I was watching it. I, I didn't, of course, I don't have the subtitles on, but he yeah. was emotional. I will rewind it, but I, kn- I did know Donovan Mitchell was throwing things like James Harden oh, was the other night. <laughs> yeah, Rudy Gobert kicked a chair as well. I, yeah, he stopped in the tunnel for a long time. I actually got on Twitter just now to see what that was about because I'm not sure. Yeah, that's um, interesting. Huh. I was that's like, cool. is he not feeling well? Is he hurt? Is he like really upset? I, wonder and I think it, it's yeah. probably the emotions from right. like just his shoes, all the social justice stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Cool. Very cool. All right, guys. Next series. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks have lost. They are headed out of the bubble. They might already be out of the bubble, actually. But how good are the Mavs going to be next year? I, it, is this assuming Kristaps Porzingis is healthy? Or right. No? <laughs> no, that, that's I mean, I a that's, very that's bold a thing point. To, pr- to presume, I think. Right. 
Um, let, let's say yes. Let's say he comes in the season. He's healthy. He's ready to go. Uh, and they basically bring this team back, except they get the guys that are injured and sat out back as well. Honestly, if I'm Dallas, Dallas now, after this the season with Luka again, this is Luka's second or third season? Second? Second. Sophomore this was season? His, yeah, season number two. Okay, that's Luka. what I thought. And Luka went from, okay, it's his rookie year of being like the only good player on that team to, okay, he's for real. Uh, this is this is clearly going to be one of the best stars in the NBA for the next seven to eight years. And it's, it's incredible what he can do. And I've said this several times, but Dallas now becomes again a destination place for NBA players uh, to win a championship. I mean, like, especially middle-aged, middle-aged, like 25, 26-year-old NBA players or guys like Bradley Beal, that, that becomes a destination where you have a wing that can handle the ball and take care of everything for you, really. <clears throat> He beat the Clippers on a bum leg with yeah, no Chris Tapps. That was like, incredible. Come on. Legendary like, all-time performance. It's, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And he's got two – well, he had two of the best wing defenders in the NBA switching on you between Kawhi and Paul George, and you're still giving them triple doubles and just killing them and killing them. It's just – it's interesting. So Dallas, yeah, they lost. They didn't have Chris Tapps. If they had Chris Tapps Porzingis for one of the last two games, I fully believe we'd be in a game seven uh, right yeah. now. Um, so uh, how good will they be next year? Will they run it back? I think their ceiling is so high because didn't Chris Stapps and Luca get injured during the year and then you could trade yep. for another piece or add a couple of very uh, mid-level exception players that wouldn't maybe take it on some years, but seeing how good Dallas can be uh, can join with that because Dallas Metroplex uh, is a good, it's a good area. So Luca in the series averaged 31 points, 9.8 rebounds, 8.7 assists. Yeah, I thought he averaged almost a triple-double. That's crazy. And the, again, <laughs> no, no, not Ka- a triple-double, on almost 30-point yeah, triple-double. Right, right, exactly. Kawhi and PG are checking you every night, and that's the crap you drop every it's night. That's insane. With no Chris, with no Chris Stapps for two of the games? Or hey, I guess two and a half? To your point, Comer, that you mentioned earlier, um, I, I've, we've been hearing this kind of all season, and then I, it was reiterated again, and Bobby Warren kind of did his, his, you know, season recap of that he's doing for each team when they, they when their season's over um and he mentioned you know the the mavericks very intentionally trying to keep cap space uh, at least to be cleared if it's not already clear for the 2021 free agency to be able to chase that other star and so i think that's fascinating as well i another thing i know i i saw somebody say i forgot who it was at this point um earlier today during the game is that one thing that the mavericks have in mind is trying to surround this team with some I guess kind of like some dogs, some dog defenders, right? Like the Lou Dorts, <laughs> but like like uh, the Marcus Morrises, those kind of guys to kind of uh, to help on the defensive end and just to surround Luke with more talent as well. So I find that interesting, but I don't, again, I kind of expect him to make like minimal changes, I think, to their roster for this coming season. And like Bobby Marks mentioned, really focus on trying to chase somebody big to your point, Kamiar, um, in 2021. That'll be fascinating. Like what if Dallas could... What if Dallas could somehow deal away? I don't know who they would have to make it work. What if Dallas dealt away somebody and got Jalen Brown in who could yeah. average 20, <laughs> 20 points and who could average twenty points a night? Jalen Brown can average twenty points a night, yeah. and, and he's a hell be, of a defender. Be a defender, be a wing defender. The dude's muscled up. It's just, I mean, what if Dallas could do that? You put Jalen Brown, another wing, on a team with with uh Chris Epps Porzingis and then Luca Legend. I mean, you've already yeah. got two incredible wings, I mean, both really young and then Chris Stapps and you like Anita it's just like a guy that can shoot at point guard. Twenty twenty one. What if Giannis decides, hey I wanna go play in Dallas with Luca? I think that'd be a <laughs> conflict of interest, but that would be fun as hell to yeah, watch. Right? Yeah. Right. Shut the league down for five years, not even worth playing at that point. No kidding. All right guys, last series that I want to talk about tips off Monday night before the Thunder Rockets game six. We've got Milwaukee versus Miami. Speaking of Giannis, uh, thoughts on this one? I'm going to say it goes six games. Milwaukee wins in four, even though they have been incredibly disappointing. (laughs) A six game series that Milwaukee wins in four. (laughs) Shit. I don't know what it's a six game series and Milwaukee wins four of them. <laughs> That's how the playoffs work, right? <sighs> yeah, I thought I said something weird. Yeah, but uh, but it's just it's just man, Milwaukee has been very disappointing in in the playoffs. Like the magic, the magic only should could have forced the seven game series. It's just incredible that how just not good they've been. How exceptional Miami 
has been, especially with Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero stepping up to the plate. It just it's unreal. But I, I feel like that this series, Milwaukee and them get back on track, even though I think Miami, uh, their style of play could really give them headaches. But Milwaukee's just so long, so Yeah, I, I like the idea of Bam guarding that's Giannis all I was gonna as say. Well, because Bam is such oh, a that's good gonna defender. be so fun, right? Yeah, it's gonna and be. He's a good done really matchup. well. In the past. I, I mean, obviously, I think Giannis wins that matchup every time, but I think Bam is kind of the ideal type of player that you throw at Giannis. That's what I was gonna mention. You know, Miami is one of the very few teams who has an actual player built to not stop Giannis by any means, but defend him. To your point, Jacob, yeah. kind of like Dort's just kind of like the Oklahoma City Thunder exactly. with Lou Dort, right? Exactly. But at the same time, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to put one of the best wing defenders of the game on Giannis and Jimmy Butler? Yeah, well, I think they'll definitely share some too. time. But I think that's it, like to your to, to the flip side of that, Kamir, uh, like you mentioned, is like you know these guys, especially Miami's three point shooting. You know, Milwaukee's had an incredible defense all season, but they kind of have struggled in the bubble. Like, who checks guys like Jimmy Butler and Duncan Robinson and, you know, it, it, they're Tyler Heroes. Like, they, they've been lighting it up from on the arc. So I'm fascinated to see how Milwaukee yeah, especially Jimmy, who shot, like, what, 20-something percent from three this year and then has just not missed from three in the bubble. Right, right. It's, it's, just, it's unreal because OKC is one of the better defender, better one of the better defending teams, I can't talk, in the NBA. And any time they played... Teams like Houston, as you can see, or Miami, who can shoot the threes well, that run and run and run as their offense. OKC falls apart every time, uh, so like they're really terrible against one of the lesser tradition teams of basketball, just running and shooting threes. So, you know, I I, I say Milwaukee in six, but I would not be surprised if this game these all of these games were tight and Miami went in six or seven. It's just I. Milwaukee's been bad. Miami's been very impressive. Yeah. I mean, again, I've had Milwaukee in the uh, championship, um, except preseason. We did our preseason pod, and I think I had the Sixers. <laughs> but um, all of that to say that I, I, I still have to ride with my Milwaukee pick, but I, I think it goes seven games. I really do. Um, I'm fascinated to see this matchup. I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Honestly, both of those Eastern Conference series are going to be incredible. They're the only good Eastern Conference teams. teams. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. All four of exactly. them finally get to play each other. You got good teams finally, yeah, playing. So, all right, guys. Well, any other league-wide playoff thoughts before we get out of here? The Nuggets, so. are gonna, the Nuggets are going to be the next team to go up 3-1 just to lose a series. <laughs> oh, you I mean, mean the, the Nuggets, the but jazz. the Jazz. Yeah, yeah the Jazz. The, yeah, the, the Jazz are going to lose to the Nuggets. The, I, uh, it's going to happen. Gary Harris is back it. with his awful haircut, but... <laughs> I think, it, I think he, he's got a him, little actually. bit of a Jeremy Grant haircut going yeah, on. I think it, it works for him a little bit. Would you guys like a guy like him in OKC? Gary Harris? Yeah. It's interesting. I don't want to pay too much to get him, but like yeah, I love not, the idea of him for not sure. As, not as a main yeah. contributor, but a guy that maybe is a solid start. Like right. If Gary absolutely. Harris is in OKC, he'd start over Dort 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He's an interesting guy. Um, I'm glad he's healthy. Uh, I'm glad he got to play tonight, and we will see what he does in Game 7. Well, That's going to be... Clearing my Tuesday schedule so if I can watch Game Seven. This is the last podcast before our off season, like the last group podcast. Boo. It's not a post game. <laughs> if it if it is, um, what type what type of player do you think Shea is going to be in three years? Is he going to be a star or just a really good player? Uh, I mean, the the verbiage is weird, like star, superstar, good player, <clears throat> right? Three so, years from now, there is a, I think, a better than 50% chance that Shea has played in an all-star game. I think so as well. But I, to your point, Kamiar, you know, I, I have been a little um, disappointed, I guess, in what I thought we were going to see from Shea well, so far. Well, because we've been having these conversations about, man, who would you rather have in two years? Would you rather have Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, Mitchell or Shea? Or Shea? <laughs> and we're like, oh, yeah, definitely Shea so far because Mitchell has not been good this year. And, and then, then he shut us up quick. <laughs> and then he goes – he starts – in the playoffs and winning games. And it's just like, yeah, okay. Shea's a little bit behind Donovan Mitchell. Right. And so like, do you think, do you think Shea is going to be what Donovan Mitchell is in the regular season in three years? Or do you think, no, but like, he's... I think he could, he could impact the game and just as much, uh, in different ways. But, you know, and it's also kind of tough to tell right now too, because he has Chris Paul and then a shooter. I think he's really going to have to be thrown the fire next season without those guys. He's going to um, have to play faster. Looking as like, right, exactly, like as a primary ball handler to really see um, what he is capable of, I guess. And so, 
I don't know. It's, I don't think we're ever going to see him, to your point, Gomer, like drop 50 points in a playoff game. But I think we could see him have. I want like to see 20, that happen, 10, though, because 10, that's right. the only way OKC is going to beat Houston tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I want to see Shea be a scorer like that. His defense has disappointed me in the bubble. True. Oh, it's but been, I think very that's where he can. Yeah. That's where he can really separate himself. He has the tools to be a really good wing defender, and if he can get there. What if he, uh, I like, think that adds, elevates his ceiling significantly. What if he right. adds like 30 pounds of muscle this offseason like Jalen Brown? Like the, and he comes hits back. the Giannis diet where he yes. just fucking eats That'd be incredible. 10 pounds of grilled chicken and protein shakes to, every day. Goes to Kidoba, orders like for four burritos. Like, oh, like who, who are you ordering for? Like, is it for a business? Like, no, it's for <laughs> it's me. It's for me. <laughs> this is my mid-afternoon Extra steak, please. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If this is your first time. We really appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your pods from as we will have another episode for you late tomorrow night after game six. Hopefully it is a victorious post-game podcast where we will be getting ready for an intense game seven. If not, it might be a sad podcast where we'll prep for the offseason. But regardless, we will be coming your way soon. You guys have a great beginning of your week. Check out Blue Wire Pods to find your next podcast, NBA, or with the NFL season coming back. We have tons of NFL pods as well. Go to BoomtownHoops.com, join the Discord channel, and all the chats going on in there. Hey, during the game tomorrow, hit up Deal Dash. Get some food delivered right to your door. Use that promo code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your order. DoorDash. $15 or more. DoorDash. Did I say Deal Dash? Damn it. DoorDash. Get yourself some I DoorDash today. Get there some Chipotle. Get something. And we will talk to you guys soon. Wakanda forever. Thunder up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.